You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael. Andre, I can't believe what we just did. Uh, you know, it's the sort of thing where when I talk to people about what I do in the wine world and I say something like, Friday night I have to taste 120 wines, everyone's just like, oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, so tonight we, uh, we decided to bring a couple of friends along and uh, find out how lucky we are. <laughs> yes, so we did our tasting for what is going to be the Toronto Life uh, wine guide for this year, and um, we're looking forward to uh, seeing how it turns out, because uh, we have a lot of notes. Um, tasting 120 nights, 20 wines in a night is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah. But, um, we started this at, uh, uh, let me We started think. at like 7. S- no, we started around 6, 6.30, and it's now... Well, by almost eleven o'clock, so it tells you. And we did have a little bite to eat of pizza in the mid in the in the meantime. A special shout out to Houston Pizza, where I brought a couple of uh, par cooked pizzas back from the prairies with me to share with uh, with my friends. And I my, think reviews and my, were and a little my mixed. pie in Hamilton and my pie in Hamilton. Yes. Before we get into what we did tonight, just a little bit of housekeeping. First off, this is our last podcast of the year. Yes. Okay, good. We've survived a second year of the pandemic keeping this podcast going, and I think we've cranked out some pretty good uh, pods this year. Yeah, we've done some good stuff, especially the stuff on the uh, 2021 Harvest. Uh, so thank uh, The Cab Franc series. Cab Franc series that we've kept going. Sorry, I know you were about to give a shout out. I'm, I'm guessing a thank you to Craig, to Jamie, and to Greg, right? Yeah, and then also a big thank you to um, uh, Allison uh, Sloot, who is on for three podcasts because uh, yep. as we started looking at uh, Cap, Cap Franc. Franc and then uh, obviously Sue Ann's staff who let us into her house late at night so we could podcast with her. Brian Schmidt where we let, uh, he let me embarrass myself in his cellar. I did not write my name on any barrels but I failed miserably at blind tasting as usually happens when and, you do and anybody them. And anybody who joined us for uh, Stump the Stoop mm-hmm. so we'd like to thank you uh, for that as well. All right, so there's two things now that we've done the housekeeping for 2021. I, I'm, I'm pulling out the white tablecloth. I, I, I've run the iron over it. We're setting the table for 2022. Okay. I'm pulling out the silverware. We got the forks, we got the knife, we got I the I hear the clinking. So, we are retiring the swear jar. Nope. Praise be, Andre Bruce. Speak the gospel. We are going to clean up our language in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yes, I remember you told me I have to. That was the last one for, well, it might I not think be that's the last Hopefully one. the last one ever. I mean, ex- expletives when required, but let's face it, we've been a little bit more liberal with our language than we than we need well, to. Well, we wanted to give some money to, uh, to Brian Schmidt. So. so our grand total for um, 2021, let's see, let's factor in what you just said. Um, uh, uh, uh. Okay, so we got to cut Brian a check for $62, and that includes me saying Chardonnay to the tune to a, of about $40 worth. Add another one in. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to clean up our language in 2022, and we thank everyone who has put up with our potty mouths up to this point. And we're not going to say Chardonnay as often either. No. We actually have a new theme for next year, and I think it's about time that we stir up a little bit of controversy, and it's something that I think you and I really want to do, because... Um, I think you and I both have a Passamento wines that we have enjoyed. And we are Correct, going... Correct, and they're mostly from Italy. Okay, you're already stirring up the controversy. But there are some good Passamento wines from Ontario. But I think you and... Not I think. Sorry, I'm erasing I think from what I just said. 
Next year, you and I are putting a Passamento on trial. Correct. I, I am you convinced run, that it is, does not work in Ontario, especially in the long term. I think that it is unsustainable. I think it goes counter to environmental practices that exist in 2022. And also, I think that in general, it's taking people who don't like Ontario wines and trying to make un-Ontario wines. And I know I'm making some pretty strong theses, so this is it. If you're listening to this and you make a Passamento wines, come on the podcast. We will be fair, impartial. We will give you access to the platform. Convince us we are wrong. Convince us why Apassimento wines belong in the Ontario landscape. But you also have to bring along your older bottles. And I'm talking about things that are 5 to 10 years old. I do not. I, I am fine drinking your current bottles, but I need something 5, 6, 7, to up to 10 years old. Let's see if it has longevity in the cellar, and I think that is the big thing. All right, so off the top of my head, Andre Lipinski, you were on the podcast. We did the Legacy Series for you. Let's see you uh, put, your, put your wines where your mouth is. Graham Rennie, I'm talking to you. Foreign Affair, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Um, let's, let's see Colinari, where Apasimento Colinari. says. Culinary. Uh, I do believe there's, uh, there's also uh, some being made at um, uh, Cave Spring. So that's it. Um, we have stated where our position is. We are willing to have our minds changed, and we are not planning on bringing people on or planning on just crapping on the style. We would like to give people an opportunity to present their point. And let's face it, Michael and I, like, regardless of what we like, the customer is always right. So if you come on the podcast and say that you're selling boatloads of it and Michael and I still don't like it, like, who gives a crap what we think, right? Correct. But what, what we're saying is that if you're selling your wine for a premium price, and in 10 years, it's going to taste like garbage. Okay, okay. You're, you're going too far down the road. All right, Just all right. To cut, like, we'll, we'll, do that. we'll do that in our first Passamento one in, in, in next. Okay. We just tasted 120 wines for Toronto Life. We brought along some sober second and third thoughts. <laughs> so we're joined by... Not uh, so sober now. But sober they were definitely, when we started. Definitely, definitely. So we've got Guillaume Frenhard. In this, in this corner, Andre, you must introduce. In this corner, we have Guillaume Frenhard, weighing in at pounds and uh, coming from the mean streets of Le Havre, France. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, in this corner with me, I have Dwight uh, Beaton, who... I have no much how much how he weighs. I do not know where, where did you grow up? I didn't even ask where you were. Mississauga. Oh well, the, from the, the mean, mean streets, streets of Mississauga. He's wearing the belts. Downtown so Cooksville. He, he tasted every single wine along with us, including the stuff that didn't taste good because we made him taste it. Well, I mean, Guillaume tapped yeah. out early. Guillaume yeah. tapped yeah. out early. I did. But Dwight stuck with us the whole time, so and I'm so proud. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, you know, I just want to go. Let, let, like, let's just set the table a bit. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, when um, when people find out that you're tasting 120 wines, especially when they're not in the industry, they think that it's no. all fun and games. But I mean, this once again comes down to like you and I have spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about integrity, talking about journalism, talking about scoring. When we write a column like this for Toronto Life, we don't score the wines, but we want to make sure that when we put pen to paper, the people reading the list can be trusted that it's. And and here's the thing: is you and I don't agree all the time on what we taste. Correct. Yes. But we also understand the objectivity and the quality of wines, and I think we've had a couple where you and I don't agree, but at the same time. 
we're willing to, to hear each other out as to why we like what we like. I usually think you're full of it, but that's besides the And point. I think the same <laughs> of you, too. Oh, that's right. That's what makes um, So, you know what? Let's just roll yeah. through what we did, because uh, we did things, I guess, traditionally backwards. We started with red, we did white, we did sparkling, and the categories that they fell into for Toronto Life were best bargain wines, which are the sub-$20 wines, um, best gifting wines, so wines with an interesting talking point, or wines that would just, if they show up under your Christmas tree, you're going to end up with, um, uh, I guess, the wine world we would call a semion. Gives you a semion. And yeah. um, we're retiring the swear jar, but that doesn't mean I can't be a little bit crass. Guys. A little, a little <laughs> bit uh, aloof in his ideas. But first, and then, the, then best, and then best sparkling wines. And then best sparkling wines. First of all, I would like to, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, turn to my friend uh, Dwight here. Yeah, Dwight. And and Dwight. So uh, I said to you, "Come on out. We're going to taste uh, over a hundred wines." And I know that you went, "Yeah, that sounds great." Yeah. Now that you've tasted hundred and twenty wines, are you are you still in that? Wow, that's great category. Or are you like, "Wow, no. I don't know if I'll do this again." Nah, I'm closer to the. I don't know <laughs> if I'll do this again. That that was tough. There's a, as I said to you earlier, I can't believe there's that many wines that I don't like <laughs> but i mean that's it though is um like the good wines that rise to the top um i don't want to bury the lead but there is a wine from italy that clocked in at 9.95 that all of us even after tasting all the red wines even after tasting a couple of, of plus 50 dollar wines is it as good as the 50 dollar wines no but for 10 bucks would i drink if I, I had one red wine to drink every day over the holidays is that what i would grab Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the funny part is we 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 did have two different vintages of it. We yeah, they both stood up. And the 19 and they were both really good. And they it was a Look, I'll I'll just say that oh. it was a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo and yep. it was just a tasty bottle of wine no matter which vintage you got. It was just a really tasty bottle of wine and then Andre looked it up in the LCBO site because that's what jo was his job. Yep. During the whole thing, he said, that's $10, and we we're all of us just jaw-dropped. And if it hadn't been in the first 10 Citra. wines... Citra. Citra, 4466338.95. My tasting note actually says on this, this is a effing banger. And exactly. <laughs> yep. it, is, it is a bottle of wine that all, all four of us were like, yeah, I'd drink that in um, a heartbeat. And, and, and sorry, before we get deeper down into... Um, Sorry, it's a little late at night. It's quarter to 11 p.m. We don't usually podcast this late. We don't usually podcast after tasting this many wines, so we're, I apologize if we're a bit scattered, but to all the agents and all the wineries that went out of their way to get the bottles in our hands, we know we didn't give you a lot of time. Uh, the LCBO does very little to support independent journalism. I can't say nothing because Ryan at the LCBO has continued to do yeoman's work and give us documentation when we need it. But in terms of access to product, in terms of yeah, access they're, to they're, impartial, they're, they're pretty. They they they, they have they have totally uh, cut us off for like, the most part. Cut us off. So for the agents, we know we didn't give you a lot of time, but I assure every single one of you that we fairly scrutinized the bottles that were in front of us. I know there's a lot of you that your products aren't going to be featured, and you worked really hard to get it to us. So you know, I, it's not your fault the wines didn't cut the muster. We really work hard to make sure that we're as impartial, which is why we have Guillaume and Dwight here to make sure we have those extra voices. Um, Guillaume is my business partner at the ADX Wine Company. We do a lot of tasting together. Uh, Dwight also works in the wine industry doing tours and works at Between the Lines Winery. Yeah. So we don't just have um, 
people that we pulled off the street of the mean streets well, of we Hamilton. We also brought your neighbor who was a half-hearted yeah. drunk. And then <laughs> your, and then we did not do some, that. Some guy was walking by the street asking if you have We did not booze. do that. Yeah, yeah. He only right. stayed for one. All right. Yeah, he only stayed for one, and then he, he so was I, like, I love, I love, okay, I love the fact that this podcast is just turning into a giant disclaimer into our, our process. Um, but let's, let, okay, let, I guess let's talk about, first of all, favorite sparkling wine. And, and it was unbelievable. I think we all agreed on one. And uh, I'm going to go uh, to Dwight to announce the, uh, the best uh, sparkling wine of the evening. Uh, he's now grabbing the bottle. Yes. He is now putting okay, it to his lips. Okay, that was the winner. Yeah, I'm, I'm now drinking it. Lips. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. And after I'm finished, I'll, uh, I'll let oh, you know. No. But it is, uh, yeah, colloquially called uh, PG, the Perrier Jouet Grand Brut, which uh, was absolutely spectacular. It was. It's, it's, always, it's always fun when, when champagne from, like, a large producer shows well. Yeah. Because I know, like, when you're dealing with champagne, especially with what we do on the podcast, like, it seems to be that in most wine regions on the planet, it's the smaller producers, the more focused producers that are producing killer quality, but it's the thing I love about Champagne is like that art of assemblage where it's like, it's the only wine region on the planet where the focus on consistency as opposed to vintage variation yeah. generally yields high quality. Like you want, like the next bottle of Perrier Jouet I pick up, I want to taste just like this. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You want to add anything to this, Neil? No, no. To be honest, like I kind of tapped out like when we were reaching the, uh, the sparkling wines. So I, I tried like party like what, 10? Take a splash of the PJ. Anytime, but to be honest, yeah, it's, it's like it's very solid, like sparkling wine, and uh, I mean, champagne, and uh, yeah, can't say well, anything. Well, I guess you it guys, is. Yeah. I guess it is sparkling wine. Yes, it is yes. champagne. But I think the the, the 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 important part of us to to mention here is that it, it remains sparkling wine. Granted, it is again. I'm going to say it. It is champagne, but it is sparkling wine, and we did try a whole bunch of different sparkling wines. Yep. And as they say, not all sparkling wines are champagne, but, uh, you know, and, and what I'm just saying is that it's amazing that it was the champagne that, that did take the crown, because we did taste a lot of good sparklings, and you will see them in the list. Oh, we've got a... Uh, oh, the, the, the Bernard Massard, yep. which was from Luxembourg, oh, yeah, came in second. tried that before, yeah. like, that never was, tried a new wine from Luxembourg. That yeah. comes in a gift pack, and it's just like, it's, it's the cool thing about the call that we're writing, is this isn't going to be on the sparkling list, it's going to be on the gift gift list because it comes in a box with glasses. But I think it's twenty four or twenty nine ninety five. It comes with two yeah. glasses. And they oh the sparkling, sparkling. sake. And then the and coming yeah. in third easily was this sparkling sake that we had was it was a Mio. Yeah. Yeah. And it was outstanding. We were all like I didn't know what to expect from it. Uh and it was like if you like spicy food, that sparkling sake is going to be just the thing you want to give to, and again, it's going to be in the gift list. Not just that, but like even even just like there, there's the trend toward lower and no alcohol products. It's a five percent alcohol where you know you, you could, you or I could crush a bottle of that easily, and, and because <laughs> and it, it had a little with bit of, a straw with yeah, a straw, exactly. yeah. It, it had a little bit of sweetness to it, but it wasn't sweet. I don't know how balance. It was pure I balance. Yep. Oh no no, it was, it, shocking. Yeah, I, I think was, I was I was completely fooled by that liquid. Yeah, and, and we were all sitting there going, "Is this what did you say this was?" And Andres, oh, "No, it's a sake because you poured it." And uh, we were all we we're all blown away by it. So you know, those are the three uh, top sparklings, and yet uh, two of them I don't think are even going to appear in the sparkling uh, category. So uh, that's where we are. Let's move on to white, I guess. And white was a challenge. 
Yes, okay. white was a was a. Was a and, huge I, and, and I and I don't know why because it's just like 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 I said like finding that um, that uh, citra like finding the citra red and like I'm, I'm looking at the at the red wines the the bargain bottles like we've got some real solid like we've got uh, Cote du Rhone Village for fifteen ninety five from Chateau Le Grand Retour which is a great name. Just do you have a purple finger there? Uh, no, no. Oh, I thought, I thought I saw purple finger because that's what usually what you get when you drink a lot of of, of red wines because of the drip that comes. Yeah, I got the glass that. Uh, but we, we've got a lot of, of of Shiraz and Syrah that like clocked in like at the fifteen to sixteen dollar point. But it was just like that kind of entry level finding really solid wines there, where it's just like. Listen, listen. Eight, once again, I gave agents. I gave you guys a disclaimer how much we appreciated the wines, but the like sub fifteen dollar white wines. Oh. Look, I, I just want just because you were talking about about really banger uh, red wines, um, I had not tried a Wolfblas yellow label mm. for the longest time, and the twenty twenty, I was just like, wow, that is a really good bottle of red, and and it doesn't, and, and it's what did you say, sixteen ninety five, yeah, sixteen ninety five, just I balanced. Um, it's tastes sweet without it's, being sweet. It's not surprising why at one point it was the number one wine in the province of Ontario. Um, and it still, and it still delivers, but I hadn't tried it in so long, but back to the whites, uh, I, I, we do, we did believe it or not. I think this year liked probably the same white wine we liked last year more than anything else. And we have, we have had that conversation before on the podcast about celebrity wines, about how celebrity wines are usually, you know, garbage and I, and I, and, or not. You know, really very good. And look, Snoop, stop making wine. Get into the uh, get into the uh, get back into weed. Get back into the weed. Yeah, we opened. We we did open up a bottle of this, this Snoop, and it wasn't sent to us because um, I'll be blunt. But I'm pun, pun intended. I'll be blunt. Uh, but I'm bum again. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the wine was sent to me by by a publicist who asked what I thought about it, and it, it's just one of those things where the wine was so bad. You know, it would have made me. I don't like writing hacky columns. Like to write something about how awful a wine is, I don't think does really anything for me or does anything to push the industry forward. But the Snoop Dogg wine is one of the worst wines I've ever tasted. It's high in sugar, it's high in alcohol. It does nothing but get you drunk, make you regret it the next morning. And maybe have you make you have a blunt, I guess. No, not even not even. Because you'll be you'll be too just busy to balance your palate. You'll, yeah, be, too, have you'll a blunt. be too you'll be too drunk to even light the blunt. Like it's just the it's it's not good wine, but anyways. Oh, let me just light that. It, that's my nose. You know, I don't I really celebrity wine that's good. Let's get off let's get off the bat. Yeah, let's get on to the good. Turn down turn down the turn down the so suck, I, turn up the good. We've got I, the Sarah Jessica Parker Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc, the Invivo X. And yeah. apparently, apparently, Sarah Jessica uh, painted the label herself. That's her, <laughs> her brush strokes that did that. Well, great, but I mean, it, it's a, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a lovely Sauvignon Blanc. Um, now, this is where we had a little controversy. I liked last year's version. Andre liked this year's version very much. Neither one of us said that the other one was wrong. No, nope. nor was was it bad. No, we we liked both versions. But I like last year's version a little bit better. Andre liked this year's version a little bit better than he did last year's version. But I surprisingly, really hope, I really hope this shows up under my Christmas tree this year. I I think I've been very good this year. I and I was Santa, surprised. Please bring me some Sarah Jessica Parker. That and Sarah Jessica Parker's Sauvignon Blanc is 
is good, is decent. And now I'm going to throw it to our panel of yes, Guillaume and, and uh, Dwight. You forgot your friend's name. No, I didn't forget it. I'm just and watching him pour himself another glass of wine. And, yeah, after and all like, this. Dwight is like making sure to retest. Oh, well, you know, I spit out, so out everything else. else. I spit out everything else. I thought yeah. he was well, actually I'm pouring some Sarah and Jessica Parker. No, 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 no. He was no, pouring no, some pouring, red wine. So. He was French, pouring yeah. the Grand Retour, the comeback. But what I want to ask these two about, and because for the first time, Sarah Jessica Parker had a rosé, and we got to taste that as well. Oh. So I know we all agreed that the 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 so blanc was good, but does anybody have anything to say about that rosé? And it was from the south of France. It was not from New Zealand, so still by the same wine company, but from the south of France. Uh, and I know that 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 you guys did have comments to say about that. Yeah, Guillaume, I think. Was yeah, you go first because Guillaume, you're you're our rosé hunter. Like yeah. a lot of people I, know, yeah. like like with um, with ADX, you you are definitely our color Nazi. You're a bit the flavor Nazi, like you really... Are you allowed to say Nazi these days? Uh, so far. Uh, okay. So far. We'll see after the podcast. With, <laughs> with a small N, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Small N? Small yes. N. Small N Nazi. Nazi, am I going to get canceled? Party. Yeah. Uh, small okay. N. Okay. Small, small N Nazi. Small, small N Nazi. Small not big yeah. N Nazi. Uh, and nothing to do with soup. No, it, it was great. Like, actually, to try those wines. Um, definitely, I was just judging, you know, the book by... It's know, color? The cover <laughs> and thinking that I would not like it because, <laughs> well, before the color, I was just, you know, thinking Jessica, you know, such a Jessica Barker, I'm not going to like her wine because she's famous and, and so forth. Turns out like those wines are good. Uh, the rosé is very legit. I liked it, to be honest. And there's nothing bad I can say about it. And I cannot hate that. But yeah, it was good. He was ready to hate it, but did not. Dwight. Oh, yeah. Dwight, right. anything to say about around, either yeah. one of the two Sarah Jessica Parker was? Well, the, the Sauvignon Blanc was probably my favorite white we tasted all mm -hmm. night. Uh, I think that went around the table. Yeah. Um, 100%. The, the rosé, because, of course, we tasted it right after the, the white, and it was up against that wall of being that good, it fell a bit below that. Correct. But, I, would, I, would, I, I would agree with that. But... Uh, that said, still an acceptable bottle of wine. I would, I would have think, I would have think. Did I say? I would have thought. Yeah, I would have thought. I would have think thought that uh, had we just tried the rosé on its own, but there was there was only one rosé on the table, that um, that that rosé would have stood up against any rosé, and I think that's what Guillaume was getting at. That it was yeah. a, a, there was a good rosé, South of France rosé, uh, and that it was that it was very tasty. So. Um, so, so hats off to Sarah and Jessica Parker for, uh, you know, putting her name on these wines and, uh, uh, have any of you guys watched the new Sex in the City? No, I don't. No, I don't no, 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 I haven't. No. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. It was one of my pandemic things is I watched the show and, uh, <laughs> I mean the, the joke with my friends is that I've got a little bit of Carrie Bradshaw in me because I'm obsessed with shoes, but <coughs> since none of you have watched the show, none of you will get the joke. No oh, clue what I you do, said, but I yeah, do have great. a lot of shoes though, so, uh. Anyway, I have a lot of shoes. But yeah. th thank you, Ted Lasso. No, 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 uh, Manolos though. Well, no, I have watched the original show. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Well, oh, okay. I've been roped and tied and force-fed it by my wife. Okay, but it's a uh, good show. Oh well, it was it, it, yeah. I've, Funny moments. I preferred the uncut version <laughs> for assorted reasons. Okay, or, so, or so, did I say sorted? But uh, you, you, how did you end up watching the cut version? That's what my real question is. Well, that's the normal stuff that runs the half hour. Oh, the okay. uncut version has a little bit more explicit uh, material in it. Oh, okay, got it. 
What, what do you put yourself? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, we're moving on to the Reds. We're going to talk about because I think, so I think the Reds, Reds were a little more exciting and a little bit more. I, I mean, we're we're into the the red wine. We're into the red wine season, right? Like we're we're at the point <laughs> where when we're talking about gifting wines, we're imagining some solid, beautiful red wine showing up under the tree. Um, I mean, I don't have a I don't have a fireplace in the house here, but I mean, you imagine this is the time of year where you sit in front of a fireplace with a book. Or so the funny thing is, we're getting pictures taken right now, and it's your wife taking them, and she's taking them in the back of your head, which <laughs> uh, I think is the best part. So no one needs to see the front of my face. I know I'm ugly. Yeah, <laughs> the man has a face for radio. Oh, now she's Aww. coming over and giving him a big argument. Yes. Oh All right, let's focus. Focus. Come on, guys. We're talking about the wines, not what's happening here. Get this man some makeup. We um, we had a chance to taste through some interesting red wines. It uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't part of the tasting tonight, but it is something that is going to make the list. Is you and I had an opportunity to taste from Stegs Leap Wine Cellars, the Artemis. Yeah. You tasted that with me. It was yeah. Um, the Artemis actually. I didn't have so much expectation. It was way, way, way... It's hard to, to explain, but yeah, I didn't think it would be that much, but it was solid. Now, now, Dwight, I'm good enough friends with Guillaume to share Artemis with him. Did Michael share his bottle of Artemis with you? No. <laughs> Michael, what do you sorry, have to say for you yourself? want me to expand I, on that? Hang I, on, let me expand on that. I have... I, hey, hey, Dwight has I'll, the floor right I'll now. I'll expand on that. No. Michael, care to explain yourself? Well, I, I will say that uh, at one point uh, in our in our history, Dwight, I remember bringing over a dozen bottles of Riesling. Oh, yeah. That we did a huge Riesling tasting. Of I'm sorry, Riesling. were one of those Rieslings from uh, Stegsleep Wine Cellars? It was not, but they were very old Rieslings, <laughs> and everybody did enjoy some of those Rieslings. I just can't say we did enjoy all of them, <laughs> but we did enjoy some of those Rieslings. Okay. I have also opened up uh, something. I don't remember what. I'm, oh, I'm man, you're, you're, get, you're getting pretty defensive there. No, no. I. <laughs> okay. Dwight, Dwight uh, next time I open a bottle of Artemis, I'll make sure I give you a call. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. We're, we're bringing friends together. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, real, the real highlights from the red wines, though, came from the Southern Hemisphere. Um, with a couple of exceptions that I want to get to, but like, let's talk about the more expensive heavy hitters that we hit. We, um, we hit South America a little bit hard. Yeah, we Argentina was probably one of our yeah. biggest uh, surprises and and uh, thrills. Completely, and 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 just a reminder where it's just like you know we've talked about a lot on the podcast where I think the price point of an average bottle of wine in the Hamilton studio is a little higher than what rolls through the St. Catherine studio. But at the same time, I don't like feeling ripped off. I want value for money. And the thing about these Argentinian wines and the one Australian wine that's sitting just to your left, I think I need to spend some more time in the Southern Hemisphere and a little bit less time in France and California, which is where I'm spending a lot of my money these days. Because uh, let's go with. Well, let's I start. Think, with, I think Dwight, you said this was your second favorite wine oh yeah. on the table. The, Absolutely, La Mascota. Un Unanime, and I'm sure I'm going to get nailed oh in pronunciation. God. I've been I've been destroyed on Instagram this week about how I pronounce this stuff. Mascota Vineyards. Okay, thanks, Michael. No, I'm actually, sorry, I know that sounded sarcastic. Sorry, everyone listening right now. Michael just corrected my pronunciation. I'm usually a bit of a bitch at pronouncing, uh, correcting his pronunciation when he does French. Say that again, please. Unanime. I think that's correct. What Michael just said. Um, 
Gran Vino Tinto. I know Tinto is Spanish for red. And if I'm not mistaken, the way we, we, we saw it was uh, there was Malbec in it. There was... Uh, Malbec, Cap Franc, and, and Cap uh, Franc. Yeah. Um, and I think it was mostly Cap Sauv. Cap Sauv, Malbec, and then, and then 15%. Beautifully balanced, but this is one of those unicorn wines where if you're looking for a beautiful gift to take to someone that you're trying to impress them and make them feel special... But you know they're just going to rip the cork out of it and drink and it tomorrow. Not, and you're not buying them underwear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's that too. Um, but, but, but I mean, this is, this, is, this is the Swiss Army Knife gift wine this year. You can give this to... I could give this to Michael, Dwight, or Guillaume because all of us care about wine. And we'd be like, oh, and I might want to sell... And I don't it. want him to give me underwear. That's Correct. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> but I might want to sell this for a few years. Definitely not white underwear. Not, not white underwear. Yeah. No white underwear. No white underwear. But I might want to sell this for a few years. Um, but if you give this to someone who is just looking for a really good bottle of wine to open right now, okay, you guys are really like stuck on the underwear comment, eh? Yeah. Well, it was a comment that Andre made during the tasting about white. Some one of the wines tasting like white underwear. Yeah, it was pristine. It was clean, but it was also tight and constrictive. <laughs> I wish I could remember which wine it was now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it was it was holding his. Oh my god, we're gonna. I'm gonna it get. Was, it was holding his his. It was his, holding my bits and pieces in place. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm his, gonna get messages his, from people asking me which pair, which wine tastes like a white his, pair of his underwear. Twi his twigs and berries were a little uh, <laughs> uncomfortable within these white. Oh no, they they, they they were comfortable, but like it wasn't interesting. But after a full day, no, no, they, they would have been more interesting. But that's it, though. But that's what was missing from the wine. Oh, my God. This is it, was, it was a full day of wear and tear. I yep. guess that's what we're looking for. And a run of about 20 kilometers. Okay, so for <laughs> listeners of this podcast in the future, visit andrewinereview.ca if we can figure out which wine my next tasting note will say tastes like a pair of Tidy white ways. underwear. Tidy Tidy underwear. Um, but let's Tidy go back way. to the... How do you say this? Unanime. Uh, when we go back to this... You could give it to someone who gives a crap about wine, wants something to age in their cellar, has a little bit of personality. I mean, it's a problem with most South American wines is they're produced by fairly large producers, and I think they lack the soul that small producers bring to a bottle. But it's also the sort of thing where you could bring it to a secret Santa, and if someone cracks it open that night, the tannin was soft, well integrated, it's ready to rock it right was, now. It was ready to drink right away, again, again as you said, but and easily 10 years in the cellar, you're going to be happy. The other one was uh, from a large wine company, which was uh, Trapiche, which we've always mm. been, a, been a fan of. Uh, but the 17 Ramadala is uh, just uh, a, a ready really to rock. wonderful but No, actually, you know what? Wine. Not as ready to rock as the, how do you say this? Unanime. Um, it's not as ready to rock as that. That has a lot of tannic structure where like two, three years. And I do my monthly Instagram with Maroki Tong where we talk about what to put in a cellar. That is a little outside the budget because it's $27.95. I try to do 25 bucks a month. But if you've got someone who's getting into wine, you've got someone who's learning what it is to build a wine cellar, that is a bottle to make a cornerstone of it because you don't need to spend like Grand Cru Classe, Saint-Emilion prices. You don't need to spend yeah. 50, 60 bucks. Like $27, like, Michael, I hope you have some of this in your cellar for the next time we rate it. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a few years down the road. Look, I, I, I oh also... Oh, God, that's how long you think we're going to be in COVID before we raid your cellar next? We're going <laughs> to raid oh. it a lot sooner, I'm sure. I hope so. Uh, one, of, one of my ultimate favorites is always Two Hands, and their gnarly dude Shiraz came, came through. And now I turn to Dwight, because Dwight just poured himself, I think, your eighth glass of this wine. Yeah. That was the ninth. Uh, thereabouts. 
Thereabouts. Well, no one else has been able to get their hands on it. Oh, I, don't I want some of that. Someone's gone. <laughs> Wait a second. Did, did yeah, Dwight yeah. leave a little behind? Yeah. So eh, there is a bit. So Chateau this, this was Grand really this, this was really our 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 what do you call it? We always call these things bangers, but yeah. I mean this was uh, like uh, we were shocked at the price on it. So Dwight, you're going to say it again? Oh my and, God! And, it's opened up even more. Like the last oh, time yeah, we yeah, tasted yeah. this no, wine was like better. three hours ago. And you got to yep. tell us what what you get out of it now and why. At sixteen dollars, it becomes wait, like wait, your wait, favorite can, can, wine. I just, I, I know a lot of people in the podcast don't speak French, uh, but Chateau Le Grand Retour. Guillaume, yep. you can correct me on the pronunciation, but to me, I read that as Chateau Le Grand Retour, and that's Chateau the Big Comeback. That's right. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like a um, reference to uh, Back to the Future, right? You just like back to where you know where where things were great. So uh, yeah. And, 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 and uh, for me, it just like I this this bottle to me speaks a little bit of hope, you. you know. And, and like it's it's, yes. it's don't call it a comeback. And then, well, and no, it, it is a it is a also a um, uh, uh, it's a Cote du Rhone village, but it's Plain de Dieu, and uh, Plain de Dieu from from my understanding is very close to Chateauneuf de Pape. Yep. Floor's yours, Dwight, because oh, I yeah, totally yeah. stole it from you. Yeah, oh, you no, did. and that's that's what I was going to add was the it's amazing if you're from the wrong side of the tracks. The discount in the wine price that you have to absorb. It's, oh, it's the fun thing it, about living in phenomenal, Hamilton. Phenomenal wine. It started out very tannic when we first started, but with some nice body, some nice flavors coming off of it. It was right from the outset my favorite wine. And it's just opened up over the last three hours. It's big. There's lots of berries. Uh, it's, it's still got the complexity and the body to it. So I'm, like, like you said, on my ninth glass. Oh, it's, uh, this is this is another um, another solid wine from Nick Pierce, um, and I'm looking at my tasting notes. Uh, one of them is "F me, that's good." Well, you yeah. really take these really you know coherent notes. <laughs> Those are thrown in between the like fruit flavor, so like the aromas oh. off the top are like fresh black currants. Like it's. It's not confected. It's not jammy. It's um, it it is the one thing I miss about living in Toronto. Is I had a very good fruit stand just north of me in Midtown Toronto, Fanfare Flowers, where they would just bring in random fruits. And yeah. um, when it was stuff from Southeast Asia, because I uh, I don't know whether the owner was from China or from Vietnam or one of the countries, but when he had fruit, I didn't recognize it. And this is something that. And also, if you're really into wine, I recommend doing this. I would just buy fruit and ask them, okay, how do I eat this? How do I prepare it? Just to get an idea of what different fruits taste like. But in in points of the year, he would have fresh black currants there. Yeah. And um, if you've never just sat and eaten fresh black currants, if you love red wine, yeah. I highly recommend it. And I know this is a long way of me saying, if you can't get fresh black currants, buy the Chateau Le Grand Retour Cote du Rhone Village because it tastes as close to fresh black currants and as you can the get. train comes back to the station. I know. I can, oh, can you believe I worked good. in can you believe I worked in radio on a clock and had to hit no, brakes and yeah. That's why he loves this thing because really I no. love it so much. So, look, this is this was our our probably our best uh, value wine that 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 we we we're, we're going to recommend this uh, Grand Retour uh Plan de Dieu uh 2018. You know, I think I think everyone should buy a couple of bottles of that, and then when this is all over, I know um, Thomas Bachelder last year lovingly called it La Liberation, 
and I know we're not out of the pandemic yet, but I think what great way to toast the end of what we're dealing with right now, but with the great comeback. Yeah. Might be if that's not a good Christmas gift idea, I don't yeah. know what is. Take that one to the bank, my Drop friends. Drop the mic on that one. Oh, he's trying to figure out how to... No, no I, I can't do that. Okay. Gentlemen, do you have anything else to add to uh, to uh, your gift list? That, uh, that Did really you learn anything, Dwight? Oh, yeah, I learned, uh, like, when you, when people say, like, oh, you, you're so lucky to be able to just sit down and drink wine and taste wine every night. They have no idea <laughs> how tough this is. Gil. Oh, you want me to speak, okay. I... Before this began, uh, by the way, I want you to know that that Guillaume could speak English at a at like a like a like an English professor from England. No, he couldn't. <laughs> well, I don't know what you say about that, but I'm gonna do my best <laughs> to be understood. But um, we tried a lot of wine tonight. I haven't done it, you know, like for what? To be honest, like, it's been years since I, I tried like more than twenty wines in a row. It was really hard tonight. It was fun. I really enjoyed the, the people, the wine we, we had. Uh, but it's one thing as well I want to remember like from, from, from what we did tonight is there was many, many wines that really were good. And, you know, when you compare them to ne- next to each other, you're not sure sometimes. Um, but I really, op- tonight it really opened my, um, my heart to like some wine from Italy. Usually I'm very like French, staying on a French wine. Ontario wine, and then Italy has been like scoring a lot of points in my heart tonight, and uh, just want to say like yeah. Oh, uh, you, you, you know, I, I guess but yeah. I know we're getting to like the tail end of this, the wrapping up, but it's just like like you you and I, pardon me, you and I are in business together, and because you and I like we're a little fixated on Pinot Noir and Chardonnay right now. Yeah. Um. And. I, I think the one thing about doing tastings like this, like Michael, for you and I, like you're lucky enough that you get invited to Italy sometimes a couple of times a year. Um, Italy is definitely like when we're talking about in terms of ethical production, but also in terms of interesting wines with souls. Like Italy is sort of like that the king in that like entry level market. Yeah. For, yeah, they really hit that that market. Depending whether you're drinking Chianti or. Montepulciano d'Abruzzo or... Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, and let's put it this way, like, we, you and I both have a chance to taste things like um, uh, Concho e Toro, which, by the way, makes a very good, like, $9, $10 Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile, but you're tasting a wine that lacks any sort of soul, where you do get that little bit of flavor of Italy, you're tasting something you can't get anywhere else, where, you know, when you're talking South America at $9 a bottle, it's a little more like Coca-Cola... By the way, for people who have flown me to South America before, I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. You know it, I know it, and we just have to deal with it. And you make Coca-Cola down there, too. <laughs> it probably tastes better than Coca-Cola from here, too. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, a big thank you, first of all, to, uh, to Dwight for joining us and learning that he'll do it again. Oh, there's no, oh, way, absolutely. You're, there's no way you're going to not do it again. <laughs> You're just going to hate me less because you'll know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Guillaume, or as we call him, Sir John Gilgood, thank you very <laughs> much for showing up. Thanks for having me. Uh, Andre, you want to do your little wrap-up before I... Uh... I want to make this extended because this is the night of long <laughs> stories for Andre. I want to thank everyone who has listened to this podcast this year. Uh, the podcast continues to grow every year. And, um, you know, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, we've got some benchmarks for next year. So... 
You know, it's been a hard year for everyone. And down goes another glass of Le Grand Latour. Le Grand Latour. Le Grand... Don't just call it a comeback. The yeah, there you go. Dwight's glass. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to next year. I think I think we've I think we've figured some stuff out on what makes the podcast work. And and by the way, um, a lot of it has been from user feedback. I got a scathing email from a listener who told us exactly what he didn't like about the podcast. And you know, when you and I've been doing this as long as we can, we have two reactions. One, I could be very upset about it, but I looked at it and it was just like. Someone likes the podcast enough to be angry enough to write me a paragraph comment about everything we're doing wrong, which is why we're getting rid of the swear jar, why we're putting a passamento on trial, and why next year is going to be the best year ever for two guys talking wine. So I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. Follow me on social media at AndreWineReview. Um, Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. It's been a while since I've given the whole like hat in my hands approach um but the dollars that you give to keep this podcast going is very much appreciated um if you want to hear where your money is going go back to some of the early episodes and listen to the production value the little bit of upgrade we've done in our equipment year by year is thanks to you and you can help us take this to the next level if you think in independent wine journalism is in Ontario is important. Amen. And, and as I and as I look at this at the uh, massive spaghetti wires in front of us, yes, I can see where the, we've we come so far from throwing an an iPhone on a table yeah. in between five of the best winemakers from the Okanagan. Yeah, to uh, to everybody having their own microphone. So that's not that's just fantastic. a microphone, but good microphone. But like a, like a decent microphone in front of everybody. Who is sitting at the table? So it is. Uh, and Guillaume has the best microphone, and it still doesn't make him sound any less French. <laughs> um, there's no swear jars anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> Say I'm coming for you, Ricky Bobby. You really want that? Yes. I'm coming for you, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> that actually sounded very English. It was very. That was very. very I'm take coming us away, for Michael. you, Ricky Bobby. All right. So I I would like to thank my podcast partner Andre Prue for everything he does for this podcast. Um, uh, his little you know he carries this this backpack around everywhere we go. It's so heavy. And, and I am like, you want me to help you with that? Because those microphone stands have got to weigh at least five pounds each. I hope I can help you, Andre, <laughs> as I walk by him. Uh, but thank you, Andre, for uh, for sticking with this, uh, and um, thank you very much, Dwight and uh, Guillaume, and everybody who has uh, joined us this year. We're going to invite a lot more people next year. Can't wait. And uh, you know, two guys talking wine is just getting better and better and better. I am Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. I'm coming for you, Andre Lapinski. Uh, he is <laughs> Andre Prue of AndreWineReview.ca. Uh, he is Dwight of the uh, Chateau Grand Retour fan club. He is Guillaume of, uh, he's wearing a Santa Claus hat, so I don't know where he's from. And one more time for this year, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.